Hello, I'm Elizabeth and welcome to I Want to Talk About This Poem. Thanks for coming to talk about a poem with me. Recently, I've been thinking about Hayden Carruth. Usually I read living poets on this podcast, but Hayden Carruth is one of my favorite poets and I always come back to thinking about him in the spring when I'm working out in my garden. While a lot of poets write about the natural world, I really feel like Hayden Carruth wrote about the natural world without the sentimentality that you so often see in nature writing. And I wanted to celebrate that by reading part of one of my favorite poems by him. It's a really long poem, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, um, but I would invite you to search it out because I think it's a beautiful example of a very naturalistic poem in the tradition of Robert Frost. And I tend to think this is a persona poem as well, although I'm not completely sure that it is. Um, the poem I'm going to read today by Hayden Carruth is regarding chainsaws, and I have it in his new and selected poems, which is called Toward the Distant Islands. Regarding Chainsaws by Hayden Carruth. The first chainsaw I owned was years ago, an old yellow McCullough that wouldn't start. Bo Bremer gave it to me, that was my friend, though I've had enemies, couldn't have done no worse. I took it to Ward's over in Morrisville, and no doubt they tinkered with it best they could, but it still wouldn't start. One time later, I took it down to the last bolt and gasket and put it together again, hoping somehow I'd do something accidental-like that would make it go. And then I yanked on it 450 times as I figured afterwards and give myself a bursitis in the elbow that went on five years, even after Doc Aerosmith shot it full of cortisone and near killed me when he hit a nerve dead on. Old Stan wanted that saw, wanted it bad, figured I was a greenhorn that didn't know nothing and he could fix it. Well, I was, you could say, being only 40 at the time but a fair hand at tinkering. Stan, I said, you're a neighbor. I like you. I wouldn't sell that thing to nobody except maybe Vice President Nixon. But Stan persisted. He always did. One time we was loafing and gabbing in his front dooryard and he spied that saw in the back of my pickup. He run quick inside, then come out and stuck a double sawbuck in my shirt pocket, and he grabbed that saw and lugged it off. Next day, when I drove past, I seen he had it snugged down tight with a tow chain on the bed of his old Dodge Power Wagon, and he was yanking on it with both hands. Two or three days after, I asked him, How you getting along with that McCullough, Stan? Well, he says, I took it down to scrap and I buried it in three separate places yonder on the upper side of the potato piece. You can't be too careful, he says, when you're disposing of a hex. The next saw I had was a god-awful ancient home light that I give Dry Dryden 30 bucks for. Temperamental as a ram, too, but I liked it. It used to remind me of Dry and how he'd clap that saw a couple times with the flat of his double-blade axe to make it go, and how he honed the chain with a worn-down file stuck in an old baseball. I worked that saw for years. 
I put up 45 run them days each summer and fall to keep my stoves het through the winter. I couldn't now. It'd kill me. Of course, they got these here modern Swedish saws now that can take all the worry out of it. What's the good of that? Takes all the fun out too, don't it? Why, I reckon. I mind when Giles Boyvin snagged an old sap spout buried in the chunk of maple and it tore up his mouth so bad he couldn't play tea for two on his cornet in the town band no more. And then when Toby Fox was holding a beech limb that Rob Bowen was bucking up and the saw skidded crossways and nipped off one of Toby's fingers. Ain't that more like it? Makes you know you're living. That's only about half of the poem. Um, but it's long, as I said, and I don't write, like to read one so long. There are so many things that I love about this poem, but the absolute number one thing that I love about it is the storytelling and the way in which you intersperse a sense of the past and the present. When the speaker says, you know, I put up 45 run them days, I couldn't now, it'd kill me. You see that he is through the vehicle of the chainsaw, the idea of chainsaws, remembering the places and people of his earlier life. Um, and he's has a place in there both for a little bit of the romance of rural life, even when it's difficult. The idea of, you know, the hex or or the magical properties that we often associate with objects that help us through our daily lives and the utter and complete and horrifying violence that rural people so often accept as part of their lives, you know, um, when Giles has his face ripped open by the chainsaw or Rob Bowen gets, uh, cuts off one of Toby's fingers. The use of the full names in this poem too is another beautiful thing to me. It's the kind of story that you tell someone who's already heard the story before, but it's also a story that you're telling a stranger for the very first time and story that you're telling to yourself about who you used to be. So this was the first part of Regarding Chainsaws by Hayden Carruth. Um, and I hope that you enjoyed this and maybe you'll look for some of Carruth's poetry. I think he's not very well known, or at least wasn't to me. Um, and I really enjoy the way that he writes about the natural world and New England, which is where I'm from, of course. Uh, but he also was very influenced by Asian poetry and writes um, a lot uh, in Asian styles, which I think is really interesting. Thank you so much for coming to talk about this poem with me, and I hope that you'll come back to hear about another poem again soon.